Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Did you know the top 10 mobile games in the U.S. grossed more than $340 million in June? Do you want your game to earn more? App Figures is all about giving game makers the tools they need to get more downloads and revenue. You may already know them for analytics and app store optimization. Now, App Figures can help you keep track of competitors and the game market. From how many downloads they're getting and how much money they're making to their audience demographics and even which tools they use to power their games. Their competitor intelligence gives you great context. Got a great idea for a nap or a game? With app figures, you can figure out how big the market is and how much money you could be making with it. Say a competitor adds a new feature or was mentioned in the news. With app figures, you can see if that brought in more downloads. And that's just scratching the surface. Whether you're growing your game or building a new one, app figures has what you need to reduce risk and get more downloads. Best of all, you don't need a large budget or data science degree to do this kind of thing anymore. App figures has made it affordable and simple. On top of tools, app figures also provides a lot of guides and tutorials to take you step-by-step through gaining more visibility with ASO and increasing your revenue by learning from your competitors. They just released a free guide on that, actually. Head to appfigures.com forward slash on forward slash unchained to try app figures for free. Again, that's appfigures, A-P-P-F-I-G-U-R-E-S dot com forward slash O-N forward slash Game Dev Unchained to try it for free. If you like it, use our special code GDU3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one game development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am your host, Brandon Pham, and with a special guest, Adrian Creon. How are you doing, Adrian? I'm good. Uh, So this is part. Yeah, this is part of the podcast where. we have a guest such as yourself. Introduce yourself to our listeners, viewers out there, who you are, where you've been, and where you're heading. Um, hey, yeah, so my name is Adrian. I'm the founder and CEO, CEO of Spielworks. Um, we're the makers behind products like uh, Wombat, the gaming wallet, and OnePlay, the game rewards platform. And yeah, I'm happy to be here and uh, talk to you about uh, I hope, I guess, uh, the role of blockchain and NFTs uh, in gaming and uh, how we're contributing to this. Yeah, so uh, obviously there's uh, there's a lot about this. I think the past two years kind of um, sped things up with the pandemic and everything. And so kind of just to give us a little favor out there for listeners who don't understand this technology, we all think at this point heard of it and kind of understand the uh, significance of it, sort of. But like I think the, 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 the details of it is kind of really foggy. So if you don't mind, kind of just 
conceptually, what, what is blockchain? What is NFT? Um, yeah, let's start with blockchain. So um, to me, I think the best way of explaining what blockchain is, is say, basically saying that when the internet was invented and, and brought into place, right, it's this decentralized infrastructure through which we can exchange all kinds of formats and data, right? But the only thing that we can't exchange and or send or transfer through the internet um, before blockchain is anything of value, right? So we can't transfer value. Um, and this is what blockchain basically fixes because it allows us, anyone, um, to, to have things, to own things, to transfer things, to manage things, that are scarce on the internet. You know, files aren't scarce. Data is not scarce. You can copy it and then you you have it multiple times, right? Um, but things on the blockchain, you can't just copy. They're, they're only there once, if you say they're only there once, right? Um, so that's that's conceptually kind of what's interesting about blockchain. It, it makes data um, immutable, right? So you can't, can't change it. So, and with that, actually NFTs are objects which are stored on this blockchain and these objects have individual IDs, right? So you can tell them apart. You can tell apart one of the other. And that is basically it, right? That's what an NFT is. It's, it's a, it's a database entry in this decentralized database, um, that a blockchain is essentially. And, um, it says, this person, this account, this address owns this individualized NFT. And now what's interesting is what you can do with that. And we'll, I guess we'll get to that in a second. But um, from a conceptual point of view, that's it. It's a, it's a very simple thing. It's a very simple concept, right? Um, it's, it, it, the, the simplicity of it probably makes it so powerful. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the idea of... Um... Owning something is very exciting because digital has always been a, a hot ground for for uh, for piracy or, or or at least like there is no there's like it's open for at least copies right there's no original digital content before this whole thing uh, began. Um, I think one of the main questions I do have is like all right so uh, obviously there are a lot of uh, individual content and uh, and and areas where where it's just uh kind of in its own universe right so let's say it's a mobile game let's say it's triple a game whatever the case so how how does this tra- information be shared throughout different is it there yet or is it just restrained to 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 the the, the gaming content that you're currently uh working in um, so generally, you can use NFTs and blockchain for anything, right? Rather than storing something on a on a centralized database on a server that somebody runs, and you have to trust this person or this company to run that server and not to manipulate the data on it, right? You basically just store the same type of data, meaning this could be game items and um, kind of track ownership of the game items and also track scarcity of these game items um, now you can store them on the data uh, on a database that's, that's called the blockchain right and the good thing is that um, at least for public blockchains anyone can see what's going on on the blockchain so anyone can see that 
um, there is only a limited number of item X, Y, Z. Maybe there's just one. Maybe there's supposed to be 200 of those, right? And then you can actually track them and you can see, okay, there's actually 200 of those. You can also track when ownership changes of these things, right? Um, and that's that. basically, you can do that with anything. So that's, that's also a reason why it became so popular in the digital art scene, right? Uh, digital art always had this problem that, um, like what is digital art, right? Uh, it's an animation, a picture. Uh, so essentially it's a, mostly a file, right? And obviously you can copy the file and then who owns the, the real thing, like the, the original, right? Um, so what you had typically with digital art is kind of a paper certificate that would certify that you're the owner, the buyer and the owner of this original thing of the, of the, right of the of the right thing of the security owner right and um that means that if you're a gallery you can actually ex ex expose it right you can show it to people you can can take money for for showing this uh, to people um <clears throat> and um so that's how this this became popular this and a concept of nfts became popular uh, with digital art specifically last year when people auctioned his um everyday's um yeah let's say collection uh, through Christie's and made a lot of money and that was cool. And ever since people started thinking, okay, what is this? Um, why is this so, so cool? And now we have a ton of things. We have bored apes and, and uh, crypto punks, right? We, and, and we have a ton of games where um, mo right now it's mostly more valuable items. It's not like uh, typically all the items that are NFTs, but um, we're getting there. There are, there are ecosystems where, Basically, any item in, in a game is an NFT, and anybody can track um, ownership of these NFTs. Anybody can trade them if they have them, um, and anybody can manipulate them if, like, if they own these NFTs. And with manipulate, I mean, like, kind of legal stuff, like, not, not like unknown stuff, right? But um, there is the thing of um, upgrading or merging or blending NFTs and, and all kinds of things. So we can we can get to the weeds of that. But um, yeah, for, for now, I, I hope that answers your questions. Basically, um, the, the items that are that, that are being represented as game items, these are stored or part of like their ID is being stored on a blockchain. Yeah, I mean, we go back to the early days of gaming, um, you know, we go to World of Warcraft even, there were be people with multiple accounts and they're selling the, those individual accounts because they were all nerfed up and, I mean, not nerfed, nerf is the opposite, but like super powerful avatars with all these weaponry or costume or whatever combination of things that was deemed valuable and people were just selling basically those accounts. So like gaming and NFT to me, it always seems like, probably very natural kind of uh, partnership right um i think people i mean we've kind of done this with downloadable content at first mobile have always kind of led this path and um with downloadable content it always been like trying to get as much you know uh upgrades and, and stuff that you can with uh loot boxes and things like that right so i mean when people hear loot boxes they have like this horrified look because there are correct ways of doing it and wrong ways of doing it. and i think um with the world and nft and blockchain they're they're not completely independent from that right there's going to be bad uses and good uses but overall <laughs> I, I think it is like an extension 
for for a lot of game developers and uh, gamers who who want to have the original. Um, I think people who are the most confused, or at least who still don't get it or resistant to it, is uh, are, are people who are um, kind of somewhat resistant to the idea of what art value is. Like, so if someone wants to pay for millions of dollars for an original piece of art versus a printed version, right? I mean, that really just boils down to that. Do you value the original version or does it matter if it just looks the same and you can put it on your wall, right? So obviously there's certain types of people that do see value. And I think we're at a point where that at least uh, as a general audience appreciate that, you know, original piece of art is valuable. Uh, and now we're just transferring that kind of thinking into the digital world, which totally does make sense, right? Um, like you said, there hasn't really been a stamp or an ability to say a digital art is original. And uh, having this type of technology that can track, you know, um, its movement uh, in the digital world is is incredibly useful. And um, I think let's dive a little deeper, if you don't mind, like, um, when it talks, when talking about integration in games, like, um, can you kind of highlight some scenarios here where you can see, uh, in different spaces? I know you're, you're primarily in the mobile market, but like you're, you are a game developer, right? Uh, at least being able to kind of foresee how this technology can be applied, uh, for, for the mobile market, um, I guess in this case, AAA market, right? And of course, a lot of these free to play, right? If you can can kind of highlight these applications and, and use cases, I think it will help paint a picture of what this technology could do for, for the industry. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe I'll, I'll start out with an anecdote because when, um, I mean, when I studied, that was like <laughs> some almost 20 years ago, um, but I obviously was, was playing a lot of games. Uh, I, I always play like uh, all the time. Right. Um, and back then, I think that was around when uh, Diablo 2 was a thing, all right? Uh, I loved this game. And yeah. uh, me and my friend, if, uh, like if I, I used to share share my flat with a friend and we we're like playing these games and we we're like, how cool would it be if you could take gold from Diablo and like con- somehow convert that into, well, credits in kind of this racing game or whatever and just buy a better engine for your car from this gold that you have that you found that that you grinded for in Diablo 2, right? Simply because it's more effective for you to grind Diablo 2 than grinding whatever. I think it was a nice two back then. Um, and then grind that, right? So you you I mean in a in a way people might might say that this is like pay to win, right? But it's literally like um I mean in the in the free-to-play space, that's like very common nowadays, right? You have to buy a ton of packs to in order to have your all of your cards completed and then you then only you, you can start playing for real, right? Like in I don't know, uh, Clash Royale or whatever. Right. So so that that thing that that we had in mind, like that must have been 2003 or 2004 or something, um, that is slowly becoming a reality, right? Um so that's what that is uh, one thing that I find really fascinating about blockchain that you can actually transition from like transition things that are value uh, in one game into another game and you can reuse them in one way or another there right um and there's maybe another anecdote um which might be a good intro to that uh, when free to play became a thing right uh, and and everybody was playing i was playing o game back then and then later i was playing travian like these um, browser 
free-to-play mm-hmm. games, right? Um, that was very stressful, right? You always had to save your fleet, had to like set your alarm for 3 a.m. and then get up and save it and send it, send it away, right? So that um, it was safe for the night. Um, but after a few years, you kind of get fed up with that. There was no like um, protection uh, kind of thing, right? So you had to like manually do it. And then after a few years, this gets very tiring and you want to stop playing. And then what you do, um, as you said, you would probably try to sell your account, right? Because there's no other way of, well, cashing in some of the effort that you put in, right? And uh, so I was trying after like three years of playing O-Game, I tried to to sell my account on eBay. And obviously I got banned, right? (laughs) For for even trying. Um, It was, was so frustrating that I said, I will never, ever touch O-Game again, right? And then a similar thing happened to me in Travian when that was a few years later when I was traveling with my brother and we were playing from the same mobile hotspot, right? And then they banned both of us because apparently we were multi-accounting, which was obviously not the case, right? Um, It was just two accounts that used to play from different IPs and suddenly they started playing from the same IP, which is kind of crazy to believe that this is multi-accounting. But yeah, that's what they did. And there was no appeal, right? And both of us had spent like 50 euros in there each, right? Or something like that. And it was ridiculous that that you get banned and then you lose everything, right? And that was so frustrating, and ever since I never played Travian again, right? Um, so you wouldn't ever touch any any of these games again because that something like that happened to you. And um, this is something that I think, like these these kinds of anecdotes, and I think that anyone who has been playing games, mobile games, um, fully priced titles, free to play games, whatever, anyone who has has done that for a few years has come across one of these or multiple of these super frustrating moments um, where you think like, oh, I've spent so much time in this game and now I'm losing it all, right? And I mean, free-to-play is kind of designed like that, right? You are not supposed to quit. And uh, and this is why they make you kind of build up a a lot of, a huge pile of things in the game that you would lose if you stop playing. And that's why everyone wants to sell their account. I don't think that most people who are selling their accounts are doing that in order to make money. Um, they're doing that in, because they want to, they don't want to have wasted all this time. Right. And so now that brings us to that whole thing brings us to kind of the blockchain world. And I mean, obviously block like blockchain in gaming or blockchain gaming in, in general is not, 10 times better than traditional gaming. Apparently it's not like that because everybody would be playing blockchain games over traditional games, right? Um, So um, it's apparently only a little bit better and I would actually claim it's better even if uh, some people don't view it like that. And there's there's also good reason why there's a bit of a backlash when when like these uh, huge publishers launch their NFT projects sometimes. Um, but I think it's actually beneficial for, for gamers. And now if we get to, to kind of applications, um, it's actually very simple, right? It could be, it could, could, it could be very, very simple. So imagine you have any, any game that you like playing. I don't know. Let's imagine you have, um, FUT cards, right? You, you, you play FIFA and, and you play FUT, and um, you buy all these cards, and many people. I've I've never spent a lot of money in, in FIFA, but uh, I th- I know that a lot of people spend a lot of money on on a few T cards, right? And um, that's not a free to play, right? You have sp- 
spend like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 euros or dollars on the game itself. And then now you're supposed to spend tens, hundreds, thousands of euros or dollars to buy a few tea cards, right? And um, well, what do you what do you have if you have a few tea cards? You have something on your account that you can play with, right? That's it. Um, but you don't own them. You don't, you can't do anything with them. You can't cash out on them, right? You can't get super lucky, open a pack and get something that's super valuable and then sell that for real money that you've spent to get it, right? The, all you can do is basically sell it for, I don't know, coins, credits, whatever it's called in FUT actually, um, and and buy more stuff, right? Buy more of the same stuff. And uh, but but you're probably done investing into this particular game, specifically into this particular season of the game with F with FIFA, right? Because you've bought FIFA 22 and um, now you're you're you've you're done spending on this. You don't want to buy more packs. You have your team, whatever. Um, and now you you would like if you if you get a new pack, you would like to cash in on that, right? But you can't. Um, so all you all you can get is, is your credits, and then you can't spend them in the next year of the game. You can only spend them in FIFA 22 or whatever, right? And that's that's very frustrating again. So imagine those FUT packs and those FUT cards were NFTs. So you could actually choose what you do with them, right? You could sell an unopened pack, just like you can sell um, an unopened pack of uh, baseball cards or physical baseball cards. Right. Um, and some of these packs actually become super valuable over time. Just like, I don't know, old Pokemon cards are like, if you have an unopened pack from the first edition of uh, Pokemon, right. That's like, I don't know how much that is, but it's a, a few thousands for sure. Right. Um, and so you can choose not to open it. Right. And you can keep it forever until maybe someone wants to open it and see what's inside. Right. Um, or you can open it up and you you can get the cards, right? And it's it's you, you who can choose. It's just like in the physical world. I used to play a lot of Magic the Gathering, right? And it's like you wouldn't think that that it can be any different in the in the virtual world, but it actually is. So um that's that's what NFTs enable. It feels it, it, it they they kind of resemble what you have in the physical world. Um with all these things that you can have in games. And it doesn't really matter what it is, right? So actually the, the most lightweight way of, of um, possibly integrating blockchain or NFTs in a game would actually be that you just have the game, right? And then you have a particular item, like maybe a, an FUT pack. And then there's a button on this pack that says, get as NFT or redeem as NFT. Right, and then you would link your blockchain account, and you would get this as an NFT. And so long as your as this NFT remains on your blockchain account, you can use this thing in the game. And as soon as you transfer it away from this from your blockchain account, um, for instance, because you've sold it on the market, it's not visible in your game anymore. Right. So that would be the most lightweight way of integrating something like NFTs into kind of a traditional game. The game itself remains entirely unchanged. unchanged. It's the same game. Obviously, the, um, the economics of the game and of these cards or packs or whatever it is in the game, that would have to be 
slightly different when once they are fully tradable, right? Um, but the game itself, the gameplay itself, that could remain entirely untouched. So that is like, like I said, I think that um, this could, or I hope this might inspire some people to actually try try something like this out. It, it's not it's not very kind of super super involved in terms of um, technical integration or whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. I think at the very beginning, there's the game industry is kind of has always been kind of weird and iffy uh, with when it comes to uh, a gamer or consumer being able to make money off things, right? Because uh, you know, you mentioned the multi-account thing. You know, it felt like an unofficial rule. Maybe they have it legally marked somewhere where you can't do that, but it feels kind of odd. It's like, if you're making a multiple account, you worked your, your, you know, um, to a certain extent to, to, to put time into it and, and make something of value to, for someone else who wants to buy it. Isn't that just a consumer between a consumer transaction? Right. Um, it's also kind of harks back to a lot. What, I mean, that, I mean, that's the, that's GameStop right there, right? Selling used games, right? There was always controversy uh, with, with the original publisher saying that why they shouldn't be able to buy the game and be able to buy used games and sell it at, at a higher mark. But that's their whole game business. Um, yeah. And so the, I think there's always been this odd relationship um, with with uh, game developers um, and publishers, I guess, and then the, the, the gamer and consumer. Because even now, streaming is such a huge business and a lot of these times is it's commentary over you know game developers work right um and it's not such a big deal right now because it's it it, it, i think if anything it 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 transcended beyond conversation it's like it's too big of a business to outlaw streaming for games and i i think there's just too much of a demand for it obviously um so we're past it's that a huge point acquisition of, channel right for, uh, yeah. for gamers exactly yeah. but like it's always been every 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 step of the way i've always felt like if there's ever a a, a chance for us to 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 monetize um it, it becomes like a question of ethics and it becomes unlawful right unofficially right there obviously aren't rules so i i think um this is where blockchain nft is is kind of hitting that first level of resistance it's like you know even in the commentary right now where we're live there's a lot of people kind of talking about you know, it's a game. You're not supposed to make money off it. And even as a game developer, I understand it to a degree. Um, but we're just in a world where if there's a demand and see people see things, it's a free market, right? It, um, and even though we don't know where this can lead to, I don't think it's bad. But it allows people to possibly make a living past the point of purchasing the product right uh side money but a lot of people you know become celebrities online or uh or you have that nft that is so valuable that the whole world wants it right and you can sell it at excel i mean to me that sounds kind of cool right and if anything you know yeah maybe none of that goes back to the developer the original developer publisher but it i think helps in other ways that we cannot completely map out yet maybe through marketing people are still talking about it right if we just fast forward 10 years from now just think of ready player one there's a product in the game that's something hunting easter egg hunting you know i think these are gameplay and game design possibilities that suddenly it feels important to have 
a single item <laughs> or, or or a collection of items, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I hope I hope we're not ten years away from a rainbow. <laughs> probably sooner. Um, but um, I mean, it, there there have been attempts, right, to to do that. And I remember very vividly um, when. Blizzard launched the in-game marketplace for Diablo 3 when it launched, right? And um, that was cool. I really liked that. I really liked the possibility of being able to grind for something, to grind for gold, and be able to flip that for real money. That was awesome, right? Um, they obviously didn't get the balancing of that, right? Um, so that's hard, right? Uh, to, to be very honest, that's hard. Um, so this is also why this is taking so long, right? Um, so, and then instead of just like fixing the, the actual problems, they just shut it down entirely, which was, which was, yeah, which was sad, right? But um, it was one of the very few attempts, as you said, to, to where, where someone tried to allow folks to officially make money out of it, right? Obviously, inofficially, there's been, there's always been this huge gray market, but um, I really don't, don't get it, right? Why would you not? want to make money. I'm not saying making money in terms of make a living necessarily, right? I'm just saying that um, why wouldn't you try to get something back of the of the huge investment that you've made, both time and money-wise, into a game, right? Yep. Um, and you can view it like, okay, it should be fun. But, you know, if I grow, let's say, tomatoes on my balcony or in my garden, right? Um, and so I put a lot of work into that and I put I probably put some money into that for buying seeds and growing them, right? And then, and then I plant my tomatoes. You can imagine anything else but tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and then I suddenly have, it's summertime and I suddenly have like hundreds of kilos of, potato, of tomatoes, right? What do I do with them? I can like give them away for free, but I could also try and sell them on the market. Right, I could just go to a market and and sell them, and maybe I make a little bit of money. I won't. I probably won't be a net positive, or I won't have a good day, hourly rate on on the time and money that I invested in. Right, um, but I will make some extra. And this is like I think that this is like a super um, satisfying thing if you are able to sell the 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 few tomatoes that you grew because it's like somebody else wants this. Right, that's a great feeling, and some maybe people will say, hey dude, th these are the best tomatoes that I've ever had, whatever, right? And that's like super satisfying. Um, and you put all this time and, and, and sweat and money into it. And, and now you, you've got somebody, you get this kind of positive reinforcement, right? Um, how about you can do that with games? <laughs> I mean, it's, your, it's probably your hobby. You're probably doing that because it's fun, right? But why not? Be able to get some of your investments back, uh, some of your investment backs. Like very likely it's going to be a very bad, hourly rate very likely you're not going to be a net negative but hey right now you're a net, net, net negative on any game that you play right so you will be spending more money than you're getting back most likely in the long run right um but um yeah so you will get some money back but what what are you going to do with that money as a gamer right um it's very unlikely that you're going to buy dinner right <laughs> maybe you will but it's very much more likely that you're going to just buy new stuff in another game because that's what gamers do, right? We do that all the time. We, mm -hmm. we exchange money for fun, for fun things, right? We do that all the time. And so I, I, I'm not surprised if gamers just go, oh, yeah, cool. I've got 50 bucks out of, out of this game and uh, now I spent that on that game, right? And it just makes the whole experience less frustrating because you, you get to keep certain things. And um, it's, it's kind of like it, it feels fairer to me at least. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, were really in the early stages of this. And um, 
Uh, it's kind of, you know, making an effort to centralize where you are able to share content between games. Uh, I mean, we're slowly kind of talking about the metaverse and it's the theme of the decade, right? I mean, Facebook believes it in so much that they renamed their company to the meta before really kind of getting uh, a consensus from consumers. But the idea eventually is that we do have a shared universe. You know, I, maybe Microsoft has their own camp. Mobile games, you know, band together and have their own camp. Uh, and then, you know, Facebook having their own camp. But the idea is that you can start using these original content that you own um, and be able to kind of share that across Halo or COD or whatever the thing is, right? Um, I think that metaverse in nft and blockchain is kind of essential together to kind of make this uh work um but i I completely agree with you like uh, your your analogy with the seed and the farmer right uh a seed seed seller uh it it, it's, it's silly to think that you can't sell your tomatoes uh with any content that you eventually own i mean we do it all the time you look around the house you know, if you want to give away or sell your furniture for and, and just get rid of it, you know, it, it's kind of saying that you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can. Right. Why, yeah. Why, why, why would it? Right. Right. So I there. But there's always been the, this weird relationship when it comes to at least game related stuff that uh, I don't know where it's coming from, because it comes from both sides. Right. The publishers sometimes feel kind of iffy about that. And then uh, gamers themselves right uh feel kind of iffy about uh selling content that you own within the game and um i don't know maybe at some point i'll do some research and dive deeper into it but there's always been at every new technology gate there's always been is that right you know is it ethical or whatever the point is and but when it comes to physical things that we own, uh, no one really talks about that. I mean, Facebook, when we're talking about meta. I mean, they have a marketplace <laughs> in their little website that allows people to, to barter, essentially, right? Um, so we're just trying to take that kind of discovery <laughs> into games officially. And now we have a way to do it digitally that um, that is exciting. Um I would like to kind of talk about more of your thoughts about, you know, the big publishers, you know, um, and this is coming from resistance. You know, we, we hear Ubisoft, uh, a little bit of Microsoft. There's some pushback from the internal devs, right? Especially the designers. They're getting bad flashback about downloadable content and loot boxes. And then their idea is like, no, you know, we're just squeezing uh, too much out of the consumer. I, I think in the end, it's still it's still a choice. But what are your thoughts about that? Of what's transpiring? Is it just confusion about the technology, or is it uh, really the, their viewpoints are, are somewhat valid but not completely proven yet? I think there's a huge difference between um, large publishers who have franchises um, that have lasted for a really long time with like diehard fans who have played every single game of the franchise for. 10, 15 years, right? And now they're being exposed to something like a new technology, but it's it feels like it's say it's the same old stuff. It's just that it's a different shiny way of selling it. Yeah. Right. Um, so I totally understand that there's backlash. And I'm 
I gotta say, I'm not unhappy about this um, because it shouldn't be that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They should be putting more thinking into this. Um, and um, th- th- so, so I think that uh, the large publishers, they're they're kind of some of them are still relaxed or they they think it's not going to be a thing. It's kind of a fad and it's going to go away, right? Um, some others are actually really really bullish on it, and we talk we talk to publishers a lot, right? To um, small indie studios to mid-sized publishers, but also to really large publishers. And, and we kind of also see their thoughts on these things, right? Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, obviously, on a, on a kind of legal regulatory side um, around this. There is a lot of uncertainty about the technological um, kind of question, which blockchain to use? Will this blockchain still be around? Am I destroying the planet by by issuing NFTs on Ethereum um, and these kinds of questions, right? So I totally understand that um, it's really, really hard for any large publisher with kind of really valuable IP to make a huge bet on NFTs or blockchain, right? Um, so and th- this is kind of their typical innovators dilemma kind of thing, right? Um, they, they have a lot to lose because effectively, I mean, obviously great, big games, great, uh, great game franchises, they're money printing machines, right? Um, you can, you can just do the next, whatever Assassin's Creed, uh, I don't know, card, right. Um, and you auto make money. I mean, it's, yeah. it should be an okay game, but it's not like it has to be a lot of effort. It ha- doesn't have to be super well designed. Obviously, if you, if you really screw it up, then you might not sell on the next one or on the next one or on the next one. Right. But you look at, look at PS and FIFA, right. They've been selling every, every single year, whether it's a, it's a big change or big um, new thing or whatever, or it's just, it just feels like, Oh, they could have actually patched the latest, the last version before that, right? Um, and um, so they have a lot to lose with specifically their their grand IPs, and um, it's I can totally understand them being very cautious about this. Um, I would actually welcome if they if they would at least try or at least like do a little test, but that's apparently not in their focus, right? So yeah, they're currently being disrupted, and we got to say some of these game projects from the blockchain gaming space, like Decentraland, The Sandbox, um, Axe Infinity, and some others, they've been raising a lot of money, right? So they can actually, from at least uh, a pure monetary cash flow perspective, they're able to compete with the really big ones. And maybe not the Microsofts and Sonys of this world, but um, they are effectively billion-dollar companies now, right? So they will be able to build a lot of things, a lot of cool gameplay, a lot of um, great franchises, a lot of great IP, um, great experiences, and so on, and, and, and an awesome ecosystem because they simply got so much money. They can buy studios, right? Um, and even other like non-gaming crypto projects have started buying up studios to build games, right? Um, for like for their ecosystem, and that's I think that's very very interesting um, because right now I think that most people think, yeah, okay, as long as the large publishers, so long as they don't jump on that train. Um, nothing real is going to happen. Like not, not, not a lot of games are going to appear and the games aren't going to be great, but I think they actually might get like disrupted just as um, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I don't know when, when free to play came up, some of these old school publishers actually got disrupted by that. And they didn't think it might be, it, it would be that much of a thing as it is right now. 
Yeah, I, I think we're, we're we're definitely seeing that disruption happening right now with with this, and um, I, I think any resistance mostly. Yes, there's a game developer side, but if there's a consumer side, I think people generally are, are kind of waiting to see. And it's more of like a, uh, uh, they're not quite understanding it yet, right? But for me, the easy way, easiest way for me to kind of approach this subject has always been, you know, this is the decade of the metaverse. So whatever happens from this, uh, I do feel like, you know, I, I had a discussion with my kind of like my unofficial co-host uh, a few weeks back, and we were talking about like all the crazy acquisitions that's been happening the past month with um, Microsoft buying Activision, yeah. you know, Sony buying Bungie, right? Um, they're fattening their portfolio up, right? And I, I do see uh, at least this trend towards these big mega franchises, like you said, Assassin's Creed, all these games that every year they just release something. Um, uh, competent right they'll make bang bucks right for for <laughs> no effort at all and uh i'm i'm definitely a, a huge supporter for these franchises to just kind of go in the uh the steps of what warzone is doing right where it's just patches that you install and the way they make money with most the highest earning games nowadays earn money through just in in-game content now right it's not selling the original uh anymore it's like um it's about free to play essentially right so i i kind of want to do away sequels from this point on uh i just i think people generally just want to download the new thing once they own it they own it and they get the updates and then be a little you know the publishers and developers have to be a little smarter about how to kind of continue that because it not only that I think it's good for the consumers, but for the developers, we've been in the industry for a long time, you know, to kind of hold our breath before a, a, a game release, right, uh, is a very scary thing. I'd much rather have this gravy train going and then be creative with the in-game content. We have these audience because every time you come out with a sequel, you're wiping the slate clean again, all right, and you're hoping a percentage of the last game is coming back, right? It's a very risky business proposition. Uh, I mean, movies uh, do it really well, obviously, but there's a reason why Marvel is is kind of looked at as this kind of like new age way of doing movies. I mean, they string 25 films and um, and they are able to carry over that audience because you don't want to miss a piece of the, the puzzle, right? Because you might walk into Spider-Man and not know you'd be left out. So <laughs> with that, that continuation of once you build a base, you're just building that base and having something like this technology that allows the consumers to be empowered with original content, uh, I think this adds on to the fun, right? Um, and I do agree with you that we're we're. It's a good thing that people are fighting against it because we do need to kind of fireproof this a bit before the masses right because it's a it's it's a good way to make side money but it's also a good way to lose some side money too right if you're not if you're being <laughs> if people are being yeah. swindling uh and, and snaky about it but like i think overall it, it's a good approach to what is next and um i think especially with this generation where more and more people are um, at least the last two years are getting into stocks more right because of the pandemic uh, and especially remote working now uh, people are looking at ways to maximize 
their flexibility uh, to work, right? So if there's a way to earn while you play, which is kind of like what we're doing right now, to me, it's an extension of this streaming thing where people are are watching people stream. It's like, all right, you know, maybe you can't build an audience, but at least you can be really good at building a value of this particular product in the game. And and then you can take that to, to, to somewhere where, someone can buy it right so i I think it's actually more approachable for for regular consumers and not have to be some kind of online uh influencer to make money off it yeah i mean there's there's two two thoughts that i've that i have uh, on my mind uh, about what you said one is uh going going backwards basically is um twitch and streaming is such a weird thing that in the old world in the old kind of commercial business world Twitch couldn't happen, right? So what you you watch this guy and you you just send him money, although you don't have to, right? You don't have to pay those guys. Um, you can watch them for free, but you still want to pay them? Are you stupid? <laughs> like, I mean, what's yeah. going on, right? And and to me, that was super fascinating to see how big that is and why and how um, people actually want to support creators. Right. If they like them, if they if they if they think they're cool, if they think they add value. Right. It's this voluntary kind of thing, obviously, that then uh, other things got added so that now now you have to do that for for status reasons and stuff. Um, But the the core is still the same. You don't have to support your creators, but you still do. Right. And I think that's great. And um, a a similar or related thoughts, actually, um, the other thing um, is kind of the emergence of new business models in gaming, right? As you said, um, maybe you want to just get the new thing, right? I, I like when I remember the old times when you were buying a game and unboxing it, right? That was a really cool feeling. But then again, this game had to be finished, right? It had to be like really good because you couldn't patch it like every other day, right? Patching it was a pain in the ass. If ever, if even possible, uh, you could have, um, like uh, like ROMs on on Super Nintendo or whatever, right? They're like the game is there. If it doesn't work, if the if it's glitchy or buggy, then it will be buggy forever. Um, you, you have uh, a good now, poster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and um, now uh, you 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 do get these games that may be unfinished, right? But you don't have this this unboxing effect anyway anymore, right? So it doesn't feel like you don't get nostalgic about, oh yeah, I still remember when I downloaded XYZ game, right? You don't remember these moments, right? You just let it download overnight and then the next day you can actually play it, Um, which I actually find amazingly inconvenient um, for for like new tech anyway. um, But what's cool about NFTs is that um, NFTs have this concept of royalties, right? So whenever uh, you can, you can set a royalty um, fee for, for any future uh, transfer for for every future uh, marketplace trade of, um, of an item of, of your NFTs. Right. And uh, that's lifetime. Right. Um, And that's really cool. Um, because this to me aligns incentives between creators and consumers the best, right? It means that so long as you produce interesting use cases for these items, meaning interesting content, people will be trading those things because there's going to be an ongoing demand for them, right? And so long as people are interested in those and, and, and there's demand for them, people will buy them and you will have a stream of income, 
right? As soon as you stop producing anything that's of interest or you screw up your uh, your economy because you've basically just created too many of these things, price will go down, nobody will buy them anymore, and you will not be making money off of that, right? And I think that's such a great concept that we haven't seen um, un, un, uh, like, yeah, unveil yet in, 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 a, in a way that um, is really great and that we could use as a great example of, yeah, this is how it's supposed to work. Um, but I think that this has a lot of potential of just running things the right way. So uh, we're seeing like this, um, as part of this rise uh, and kind of uh, the spread of it uh, to the general public, I mean, you know, a lot of celebrities, of sports athletes, especially right, are, are selling their NFTs, uh, cards, attire, whatever. Uh, what is the connection there? Um, possibly, right? If they have their digital asset, do you see some kind of brand sponsorship with these kind of one one of a kind collection through through gaming, or is it going to be always these different avenues of how NFT is used? Right? How how p- practical it is to cross pollinate these different things? Um, I think that's going to happen a lot but it's not a necessity, right? Mm -hmm. So you can tell that many of these large NFT projects like Bored Apes, um, they're looking to make games now, right? And that's might be a cool thing, but they obviously don't know anything about making games, at least not on paper, right? So they, okay, they have a lot of money so they, they can buy studios, does that guarantee that they will be making good games? Of course not, right? <laughs> so it, it's not that easy, right? Um, will people play that um, just for the fun of it? I don't know, right? Because it depends on whether it's going to be a good game or not. Um, but for, like for sure, people owning a, a board ape will at least try that. But that's just 10,000 people. Maybe count, count all the other apes in, right? That's a few, few tens of thousands of people. Um, but that's not a huge user base for a game, obviously, right? Um, so I don't know how that's going to work out. And it's not, it's not really necessary. I think that we have so much development ahead of us for the next few years that this is not, to me, that's not a priority, that um, you have kind of XYZ, arbitrary nfts that may be represented by i don't know whom right um or created by i don't know whom um and that these are usable in the games uh whatever um really there's more exciting stuff uh lying right ahead of us where uh, we could we could have better applications and all like all the while better content better games rather than um thinking about these kinds of things that's not like really not a priority for me yeah, I just keep going back to Ready Player One when, when NFT and items get so valuable that corporations send send their employees to these virtual worlds to collect them, uh, because then it it becomes a commodity, right? It's it's a thing of value. Anything of a thing of value, there's going to be a consumer level of competition, and then there's going to be a corporate uh, level of competition, and. Um, uh, I, to me, it, it, it's all. To me, as a game developer, it's just another option, right? You don't have to use it if you don't like it, but it's there. And if you want to be 
in kind of like the trend, uh, there's a lot of advantages to kind of learn it and, and figure it out and find some some fun use scenario to to play with it uh, within your ecosystem. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like it's just I, a lot of people I feel who get scared of it feel suddenly that it's going to be an overnight change, you know, which is not. Or it, 100% of games is going to slowly do this, which probably won't happen but uh you know it's just a new introduction of here's a type of game right well maybe it will happen at some point right that that there's like a tie-in for the things that you can find make earn whatever in the game that's in a way blockchain based or an nft or whatever um but you know that's exactly the discussion that i've had with uh, people from unity that I think that Unity is a toolbox, right? Yeah. And what they typically do is that they put in the toolbox whatever is necessary to build great games, right? Um, so if it's 2D games, then there's an option for that. If it's 3D games, it's that. If it's mobile, if it's web, if it's blah, 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 then there's always a possibility, right? Um, you, can, you can make all kinds of games with, with Unity. Um, why can't you make blockchain games, right? Um, they don't need to be like very opinionated about this right they just offer this tool why why wouldn't they um, because they offer all kinds of tools right um and this is something that um they, like they're, they're being very very cautious about blockchain right um, um this is a, a stance that i really don't understand from their point of view um because why not right and right now that's that's an option and in the end consumers will will make choices consumers always do right um and if consumers don't think that this is uh, this will offer um or the blockchain offers um benefits then they won't do that at scale they won't be playing these games these games need to be better they need to be at least as good plus a little bit better um for for them uh, for for the mass market for for the majority of the people to actually adopt them, to actually want to play them, right? And uh, right now, many of these games are basically constructed around actually being able to make a ton of money, right? Um, and if, if it all all goes right, and if you're super early, then you, you can actually do make a lot of money. Um, but that's obviously not sustainable because um, you can't have everyone be making money, right? So essentially... Yeah. Um, at some point, it, it's got to be about the fun and people who want to put in money into the game simply for the for like exchanging money for fun, just like people exchange money for fun all the time. Yeah, exchanging money for fun. And there's going to, you know, it's just like anything, there's competition. So there's going to be really good people that that is able to create value or find something of value and, and sell it. And then other people who are just, like you said, just bartering <laughs> and, and there might be people who are not, not even selling they're just collecting you know we we know a lot of friends it's just, just like uh old baseball cards right people trade and keep it for long periods of time and maybe later they, they sell it but it's not a very uh not everyone's in there with the very business mindset about like this is my day job for three hours a day you know it's just like anything it's just a fun little thing um that that is possibly going to change everything. Uh, like you said, like it's going to start small. I think there's a lot of games. Obviously, the big and small players are there, um, publisher-wise, uh, looking at applications of this. They're, they're probably studying the crap out of this and seeing how it applies to their current but future slate of games. And um, 
I will say too, like why it's so big because it's not just the technology was created outside of games, right? And now we're applying that technology into games. So there's a lot of other sectors that are using this and pushing it a lot further, right? I do see at some point that um, because game the game ecosystem, like we've been so good about monetizing, right? That eventually game design is going to be king in terms of how everyday lives, everyday consumers are involved, right? I do think the game industry will end up being first out of all the tech companies and all these other people experimenting it because, you know, it, it playing a game has the, 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 the idea of what games are is, is just transcended what we used to be where we're just playing in our living room by ourselves on our Nintendo, right? Everything is gamified in some way. Um, I was complaining the other day how Facebook isn't fun anymore, right? And uh, their website design is, you know, they completely forgot their game loop, right? It used to be a very addictive application, uh, very simply for people to come on and check people. And it was, I was one of those people that was refreshing every time for updates. But it's gotten so cluttered, right? Um, and I, I joke about this, but it's true. It's like they just need a game designer to go back in there and take all the crap out and make it fun again. Um, so, like the, you know, what we do, we're already seeing game developers in these different de- tech companies doing non traditional game stuff, but applying the knowledge. So, um, I see a lot of future in NFT and games and how we're pushing that. You know, I wouldn't be surprised that uh, streamers are going to be the first ones within the game sector that makes that <laughs> that huge step of uh, of really pushing NFT, right? Where it's to me, it's kind of like they're the middle ground of a, a celebrity, but also uh, kind of you know pushing the game thing uh, as a game developer, right? Not really game developers, but the marketing thing. They're kind of like in the middle ground right there, so. Um, we can talk for days. We can talk for eight more hours, but we are at that one hour mark. I want to thank you, Adrian, for coming on. Uh, it's been a subject that I've been wanting to talk to. It's been brewing the last year and a half. And I was one of those people's, what is this crap? Right? <laughs> like, it is definitely one of those things that even if you agree or disagree, you should understand uh, because it's here to stay. It's past the point of just being, you know, uh, something momentary right it is very integrated in our future lives here so uh, i want to thank you for coming on this is the part where i do shut up hand over to you the mic so that you can give attention to promote uh anything that you want to talk about yeah first of all thanks thanks a lot for having me and for um offering me a little bit of a stage to talk about uh, this whole nft topic and as you as you might have heard um like we have a very balanced or I have a very balanced kind of opinion on this, right? I obviously personally am very bullish on NFTs and blockchain because I think um, it, it just, it just really helps. And to me, it feels after playing so many blockchain games playing the first game that was like traditional again, felt like, okay, why would I play that? <laughs> right. I'm basically just putting all my time in here and not getting anything out in any case. Um, <clears throat> Thanks for thanks for having me and um, thanks a lot for watching this. Um, if you want to check out how we have integrated 
blockchain into the gaming space, check out womplay.io, W-O-M-Play.io. Um, it's kind of the approach where you can just do whatever you used to do. You just play the games that you that you know or like. Um, um, you just have to download them through our website, but you're able to get your first crypto or your first NFTs without actually having to buy them, right? So you can experience if NFTs are for you and if you if, if that's something that you like or or not, and that if that that produces any value for you, right? And I think that um, OnePlay is actually one of the or probably the lowest risk way of exploring the blockchain and NFT space from from a gaming angle um, without like steep learning curves without having to understand what a blockchain is how it works and without um, spending a ton of money on buying your stuff right um, so I think that um, yeah checking this out is is a good thing and um, let us know what your feedback is let us us know what we could improve to to make it fairer, to make it more transparent, or to make it better usable, specifically for people who just like playing games without like wanting to make a lot of money. But it's just a little nice add-on on top of just playing the games that you like. We have really um, great game titles on there, um, so also like double A, triple A, free to play uh, games um, with hundreds of millions of downloads. So we know that people are playing them even without um, any blockchain game, uh, blockchain uh, aspect, right? Um, but we we do add that to to many of our games. We do add um, NFTs. You can you can just collect them. You can sell them on a marketplace. You can make some more crypto. Um, so check it out. And I'd be I'd be really happy to hear from people like how they fare, what it's like, and um, yeah, if you if you like it. Right. All right. Well, well, thank you, Adrian. Awesome stuff. Uh, all links in the description, as always, for those listening and watching. It's going to be in the, you know, in the description. Uh, but uh, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. I want to thank you for for all those live chatters helping me kind of shape and answer. Uh, I mean, ask the next questions. So uh, that's pretty much it. See you guys uh, every Tuesday at eleven a.m. Pacific time. But Adrian, uh, especially you, man, you are. Not the last, but one of the first people that I want to talk to on this subject. I, I think it really is a key factor uh, to any game developers out there to understand and possibly, uh, you know, consider uh, as part of their game design. Um, it is the way. <laughs> right? I just watched the whole Boba Fett series, so it's hard to shake that off. But I want to thank you, Adrian, uh, as always. Uh, welcome back anytime thanks a lot and hope to see you soon alright see you guys Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are liking the podcast, go to the Apple iTunes store and give Game Dev Unchained a five-star rating. This will help spread the joy and love and exposure for the podcast, and we thank you very much. If you want to continue the conversation, go to our Discord, which can be found on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BlueChamps, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. 
You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info at gamedevunchained.com. And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail future, go to patreon.com forward slash blue champs this gives listeners a chance to kind of call in leave a message for both me and the guests to answer your deepest darkest questions and comment on your deepest darkest secrets thank you everybody